This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today I'm going to talk about the biggest local influencer drama in, like, I think forever. Honestly, it's been a long time since I've seen something blow up on this level, and. Of course, I am talking about the never-ending Night Owl Cinematics tea. Never-ending, okay? Okay, if you have been living under a rock and you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, I suggest you stop listening because, hey, it's great that you don't know anything about it, okay? It's, it's like you're, you're in just blissful ignorance and you should keep being in blissful ignorance. Um, if for some reason you really super want to find out what happened... Uh, okay, fine, you can keep listening. And if you are already, unfortunately, very keyed in and tuned in on what has happened, then, you know, you should listen as well because I'll give some of my thoughts about it. Um, Alright, so let's get started. Um, as you can tell, I'm kind of unenthused about talking about this, partially because it, I feel that it has been, like, oversaturated, like, it has been too much news about this, and also because... Um, it has gotten to a point that it's very ugly. I'm not very like. I feel like a lot of the stuff being being like thrown around is just very irrelevant to what was the original conversation. So what is NOC? I'm gonna just assume that most people know what they are, but um, it's basically a media outfit uh based in Singapore, started by Ryan Tan and Sylvia Chan. So they are a couple, and they got like pretty big on YouTube. I think oh, this must be going back years. Um, like maybe. 20, I want to say 13 or 14 was when they were like at their peak. Um, but basically, Ryan Tan and Silver Chan are a couple, and then um, they started Night Hour Cinematics, which has since grown to become like a full blown like media production company. You know, they take clients, la. They, they work with clients, uh, they have influencers under them, talents under them, so you can engage their services for marketing purposes and so on and they create videos um some of their more popular series are things like food king which is like um sort of like a food review type uh show and then they would uh, like eat different like hawker food and so on and then there's also reno king which uh we will go into it a little bit later because it's one of the things that's being contested right now but reno king is like uh they they renovate people's houses lah right um, they also used to be pretty well known for their skits and so on, like comedy skits and so on. But I feel that um over the years, the the thing that I hear people talk more about is Food King is is what I I think. Um, also Sylvia Chan, the one of the co-founders, has a podcast called Thirsty Sisters. The podcast now, however, has been taken down. Um, following the the expose la. Okay, so let's get into. A very brief timeline of what has happened because there are so many things have happened and it's so like overwhelmed and complicated. But okay, I'm just gonna give you a very brief explanation of what has happened. Basically, it all started with a social media expose uh on Night Hour Cinematics and Sylvia Chan herself. Um oh and in case people don't know, Ryan Tan and Sylvia Chan divorced in 2020, they announced it in a YouTube video that was very watched. Um, they announced it in a joint YouTube video and there were like tears and it they, it was like in that YouTube video, they said like it was a pretty amicable split and that they still have a lot of respect and love for each other and going forward, they will, you know, um, 
you know, be with the company together. Like, they will still, you know, lead the company as a couple. Clearly, that has gone sideways um, in light of what has happened. Anyway, um, going back to the start of the saga, it's a social media expose. This whole thing played out on social media. So there was this, um, I think it started as a TikTok account, this, uh, this account called SG Chicken Rice. It's not actually spelled chicken with a H. It's spelled without the H. So in case you want to find that, that account. Um, it, but I think most people came to your Instagram. So SG Chicken Rice is on Instagram. And what they did is basically post like, uh, um, like screenshots from like Glassdoor that reviewed, um, Nine Hours Cinematic. So Glassdoor is like, uh, one of those anonymous sites that people leave reviews of their workplaces. So you can leave a review that's like, oh, this place sucks. Like this place has no management to speak of. You know, um, the bosses here are so petty and the working hours are horrible. Like, for example, uh, right? And if you see this kind of reviews dominating um, a certain company on Glassdoor, then like potential people who might want to apply to the company would like think twice, uh, right? Um, but again, it's mostly like, I think it's pretty much anonymous. So um, you cannot like really verify whether what they're saying is right. But basically, um, the SG Chicken Rice post was like, oh, there are like several of these reviews. Uh, there are several of these um, Glassdoor reviews which reflects very badly on the company, right? And then more came forward and it was like leaked WhatsApp messages, uh, allegedly with Sylvia Chan herself. And it was um, very vulgar, very abusive. Like you can tell she will speak about her talents or speak to her employees in like very harsh ways. She would speak to them with like a lot of expletives, you know, um, she will talk about so one of the things that blew up was uh, in particular this talent called Samantha Tan who was found through um, the NOC reality competition called Knockout which is like supposed to help them find more talents like, to bring onto their channel and Samantha won the challenge and um, she later on became an NOC artist but there were like a, there was a leaked audio recording of um, Sylvia I think she's not speaking to Samantha directly according like from what I could tell right the context cues and everything i don't think she was speaking to samantha directly but she caught her some names that were very mean and said she wants her out and wants uh to bring like ayman in ayman is um uh, another noc talent who i think still works with noc yeah so then after all of this come out i think it was about like two weeks before NOC first responded, and NOC responded on their Instagram account with a statement that we were going to later because it's like a truly bad statement. And basically what they're saying is just like, oh, this is like a very malicious campaign to bring us down, you know? And then Sylvia's first statement comes out. And Sylvia's first statement, uh, she did say like, uh, she can be very harsh. And, um, you know, she apologizes to all the people that she disappointed. And she also tried explaining the Samantha situation, saying that um, she uh, Samantha had a bond with a government agency when she signed up for Knockout. So she was very upset finding out that she had a bond and couldn't sign the full-time contract with NOC. And that's why she blew up, right? So she, she explained certain things, she addressed certain things in that statement. Then Samantha comes out to rebut Sylvia Chan's claims she says that, you know, um, even though she had a contract, she had a three-year bond, right, with a government agency, she already told uh, NOC's lawyers about this bond before, you know, the filming for Knockout even started. And she says, like, everything was in the clear. 
and that she didn't take the chance away from someone else who doesn't have another job because she says like a lot of the talents, I think eight talents or something, already signed a uh, talent contracts with NOC before the reality competition even started. So that's her rebuttal. Lah. Then comes the Mashe News article. So Mashe News is like an online um, you know, news platform. Lah, and they had like a long article with quotes and interviews from past and current Nile Cinematics employees. Some of them kept themselves anonymous. Um, and some of them did not. Lah. People like, I think, Felicia Tong, who used to be an executive producer at NOC. People like Isabel Quack. I don't think they kept themselves anonymous. But that there was an article that came out and it alleged that, you know, Sylvia paid people very late. She also did this thing where she like, she, there was a cold palace culture. So like, if Sylvia doesn't like you, she will not put you in front of the camera. She will not give you jobs. So you have to like vie for attention lah, and so on. Then comes a blog post. And guys, I'm only halfway through like my timeline. So you can tell how long this whole thing, how drawn out this whole thing has become. But then comes the blog post called endthesilence.blogspot.com which like, guys, this is, can you imagine, like this is um, like a, a drama between two millennials because both Ryan and Sylvia in their 30s that um, has, is playing out on Blogspot. Like, is this 2009? Like, what's going on? But anyway, um, yes, a tell-all Blogspot in which allegedly, okay, because they they claim to be past and current NOC employees behind this blog post, but they did not like come out to say who they are. So they just claim to be past and current NOC employees that accuses Sylvia of even more um, misdeeds, right? And even more serious misdeeds at that. Um, They accuse her of misappropriating funds meant for the company for personal ventures. They accuse her of misappropriating company resources like um your HR personnel and so on uh to work for her personal business ventures. They accuse her of paying her brother a salary so that he can get a PR uh in Singapore because Sylvia's family is from Malaysia. Sylvia as well is from Malaysia, but I think she recently got Singaporean citizenship. And also um yeah again you talk about late payments. There was also a Zoom call that was very um portrayed Sylvia in a very unkind light. I think portrayed her in, in in a very unflattering light. And in that Zoom call, you know, you can hear Ryan and Sylvia arguing. And Ryan's basically arguing for like uh advocating for better employee rights, like advocating for better working hours, uh confronting Sylvia as to why she arrives to shoot two hours late and so on. But again, all of these are allegations, huh? At this point, all of these are allegations. Nothing has been proven. Then Sylvia responds via a spokesperson and she says she has filed police reports and will address the allegations in due time. This is also when reportedly a sex video of Sylvia Lakes. So like apparently there's um some video online circulating of her involved in a sex act. Um she has come out to say that it's not her. But um this is when I think uh, I was very turned off by the saga because I was like, oh, we do not like if, if even if she's a bad boss, we do not need to leak sex videos of her, even if the sex video is not her. Like we do not need to bring a woman down by referring to her sex life. I don't understand why that was needed or necessary. And that made its rounds on social media, of course, even though Sylvia has said that that's not her. 
And you know what, whoever it is, I'm so sorry that, you know, that video of you has, has come out and you don't deserve that. And I hope whoever is behind the leaking gets arrested. Anyway, um, then messages of Ryan comes out. So now there are messages coming out that Ryan um, said some pretty mean things about his talents and that got leaked to Wake Up Singapore, which is a Instagram account as well. And then Ryan came out and apologized and he basically took accountability. He said, like, I did say those things and I have since apologized to those talents um, involved in the in the messages. Um, I'm not going to super detail because, as you can tell, if I go into a lot of detail, I want, this is never ending. This is going to last for two hours. This is going to be longer than the Xiaxue interview that Sylvia later on did. Because, yes, after the messages of Ryan comes out, that's when the Xiaxue interview comes out. And guys, I knew about this um, on, I think this happened on Sunday night. So she posted the Sylvia Chan interview on Sunday night. And I went to watch Venom Let There Be Carnage on Sunday afternoon. And when I came home and realized she posted this, the Sylvia Chan interview on Xiaxue's YouTube channel is one hour and 47 minutes long, which is longer, longer than Venom Let There Be Carnage. So I had to sit down and watch it because I was worried like, Somebody asked me to do a story on it, so I had to sit down and watch one hour and 47 minutes of it. And, um, you know, that video had a lot of stuff, but it was um, basically, Sylvia implies that um, Ryan is masterminding this whole attack. She doesn't come right out to say it, but she says she has doubts and like she feels that it's very suspicious that all of this is taking place while Ryan and her are negotiating a commercial split because she alleges that Ryan um, started a new company for Renault King without her knowledge, which is a breach of fiduciary duty um, because Ryan is also part of NOC, right? And he's taking something under NOC and starting a new thing with it without telling NOC. So that's why, like, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, disagreements between them. She alleges that Ryan wants Sylvia to buy him out of the business at a very, very high price. And if Sylvia does that, NOC cannot continue. That's a, this is Sylvia's um, claims. La. There are also a lot, a lot, a lot of talk about Ryan's suicidal tendencies. And this is where I have to say, guys, content warning, um, because we're going to get deep into some um, mental health, suicidal ideation stuff. And she alleges that, um, you know, Ryan's mental health problems led to a lot of problems between them for their marriage. And also it um, led to her being a very harsh uh, person at work to sort of like protect Ryan. Uh, we'll go into that later. There are also cheating allegations that she alleges that Ryan cheated on her. The blog post also alleged that Sylvia cheated on Ryan. So cheating allegations on both ends. And then... After the Xiaxue interview comes out, then Sylvia posts a um apology statement saying that she takes accountability. She is working with authorities to, uh, she's working it with authorities into the investigations of company because MOM and Tafep have been alerted to these claims that Sylvia's workplace was a toxic workplace, that there were late payments, blah blah blah, and so on. So there are authorities involved now, lah in all of these things. Okay. Whew. Can't believe that took that long. But um, yeah, so that is a very brief and condensed version. I know it's not that condensed, but I've really tried. It's a condensed version of everything that has happened so far. I didn't even get into the pretty please of it all. Pretty please was involved in one of the um, screenshots that leaked 
um, on the blog post and I'll talk about that later. But yes, that's what we are dealing with. And now I would like to go into my thoughts on how the whole thing has sort of evolved and blown up and like the, the I think the media strategy of it as well. Now, if you're enjoying this episode of Pop Vouchers so far, do find us on the hashtag Pop Vouchers podcast channel. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look for hashtag Pop Vouchers. Now, some of our episodes are on YouTube as well, so do check those out. Like and rate us. Now, back to our show. Let us continue with Pop Vouchers. All right, now back to our show. As I said, I would like to get into some of my own thoughts la, about how this has all you know unfolded. Firstly, I think as like a journalist, the thing that I have the most, I wouldn't say authority, but I think the thing that I'm most comfortable commenting on, right, is the media rollout of all of these things, the PR strategy of it all. The NOC statement was so bad. It is one of the worst pieces of crisis management I've ever seen in my life, Okay. It is so tone deaf, so overly defensive. The language choices were so overly flowery. But okay, let's start first with the fact that it was posted on their Instagram account. And for some reason, it is not like suited for the Instagram uh, layout at all because it's like the font is so tiny. It is also like four pages of words and it's all super tiny. It doesn't fill up the space that you are given in Instagram. And it's like so hard to read, right? So firstly, hard to read. The font very small, which is like a very small thing. But you can really tell that the level of consideration going into this, like it's clearly very rushed and it's not well thought through. Because if you are going to put out a social media apology, it better be, you know, good with on the social media platform, at least just to see, right? Like, you guys are social media influencers. This should be your playing field, right? You can't even like make sure the layout looks good. But okay, that's just one small thing. But then the statement in of itself kept saying that um, these attacks have been carefully crafted and mounted on NOC and its employees without mentioning that a lot of the um, attacks, right, came directly for Sylvia. So it just looks like Sylvia is using NOC as a shield, saying that these are all statements that are attacking NOC. But if you follow the saga at all, you would know that no, a lot of the attacks that have come out was specifically unflattering for Sylvia, was specifically saying that Sylvia fostered a toxic work environment. So it's like the statement doesn't address the crux of the attacks that have come out. So it's a, it's like, what is the point of this statement if it doesn't address the, the Sylvia problem, right, at the center of it? So it was also very defensive because it just says, like, we have persevered to create a safe environment for our artists and employees to express themselves. And then it doesn't take accountability for the fact that um, it doesn't seem like that has happened. It doesn't address a lot of the allegations that, it was a toxic workplace that Sylvia used a lot of expletives on her employees. Like, none of that is talked about. It just says that, as with any fast-paced organization which embraces innovation, the inevitable discourse and expectations will create rifts that are sometimes irreconcilable. I'm sorry, what? Like, what? what is that all about? Like, how does that answer the question? And this brings me to my next point. The language used, it was so overly like flowery it was so 
it was like somebody reading a thesaurus and then just throwing words into it to make the statement seem very deep and very chim and very like, you know, like, oh, it's, it's like a statement that's very sophisticated. But it's not. Because what do people want out of statements in times of crisis? You want clear, concise responses, you know? Because like, let's say somebody says, uh, you drink and drive and then that is what is leveled against you. Then you come out and you say either I did not drink and drive and I these are malicious rumours against me and I will take legal action when necessary. Very clean and concise. Or you say, yes, that did happen. I am sorry. I am working with, um, you know, authorities to uh, help with investigations, for example. Right? It's like clean and concise things. So it did not address anything. It is not clean and concise. It has sentences such as, and I'm not kidding, I'm reading off like the statement. The malicious attacks on us have misled our valued artists, employees, clients, partners, and viewers by providing a biased, traversed, and mosaic factual matrix. I'm sorry. I have to laugh because this just looks like you ask a person a question and then they don't know how to answer, so they just keep dragging their answer on by using a lot of words. Like, okay, just say that it's, um, these attacks have been very biased or these screenshots were taken out of context and um, in due time, Sylvia will address them or whatever. Anything would be better than bias, Travers and mosaic factual matrix. I'm sorry, what? It's, it's so bad. So, okay, that is bad. And then secondly, Sylvia's statement came. And then Sylvia's statement also came very late, right? Again, this Sylvia's statement came out after the NOC statement. And honestly, I feel like the NOC statement was unnecessary in the context of everything that has happened. Because as I said, the a lot of the stuff that come out was not specifically um targeting uh, NOC, the company, or talents within NOC. It's very specifically about Sylvia. So what should have happened right from the get-go is Sylvia should have sent out a statement and not NOC. The first statement should not have come out from NOC. The first statement should have come out from Sylvia. And then that would like help, you know, um, I think the public like answer some questions like, because then you would at least have a personal response from Sylvia, right? So then Sylvia's statement come out and she addressed some things. She said like, oh, you know, I can be very harsh at work. Um, You know, it's not my intention to upset everybody. I will learn to be more conscious about my choice of words. And then she addressed the Samantha Tan issue because, as I mentioned, Samantha Tan was one of the talents who was uh, mentioned in the leaked chats, right? And the leaked audio recording in which Sylvia used some very, very harsh, very, very mean words against her. And when Sylvia addressed it, um, she said that uh, Samantha... I mentioned this just now as well. She said that Samantha had a bond and everything and that's why she was very upset with Samantha and then Samantha came out to rebut her. I don't understand why, right? In a time of such crisis, you will not like clear your statement with people that you mentioned in in the statement itself because in Sylvia's statement, she says, recently Samantha has graciously reached out to me and made peace. So she's trying to say that Samantha and her have made peace over this issue and that and so when you say made peace, right, people assume that, okay, then Samantha will also come out and say, yeah, we have made peace, we've moved on. But no, Samantha came out and rebutted what she said in her statement and basically calling her out for lying. So like that just makes her look worse. So I don't understand why if you're already crafting the statement, you wouldn't 
because she already had two weeks. So if you already have two weeks to do this, I don't understand why when you're crafting a statement, you don't um, go talk to Samantha and ask like, hey, I'm going to say this. Um, is it cool with you, right? Or or maybe apologize to Samantha quickly and then say like, oh, you know, I was very upset because of certain things. I wonder if we can put this behind us. And if Samantha really does say yes, we can, then you can say Samantha and I have made peace. And if not, then you can at the very least say Samantha, I have apologized to Samantha. Uh, and I do not, uh, you know, I do not think that she's obliged to forgive me, but I have apologized to her. Or something along those lines, right? Like, I don't understand why she would put things in the statement that later Samantha would rebut. Of course, we don't know whether, we don't know whose side of events are true at this point, but it just seems to me like if you're going to mention somebody in your statement and say that you've made peace with that person, then you really should reach out to that person to make sure that they're cool with the statement that you're putting out. Yes, anyway, um, then I think um, let's move on to the Xiaxue interview. Okay, so I did not think that the interview was very satisfactory because there were a lot of things that I feel were not addressed. Like um the the whole thing about late payments. Like because there were talents who said like they were not paid on timeline, their contracts were changed. Um like their contracts were like not negotiated in the most uh transparent manner and there would be changes made and they don't know why uh they won't be able to get like a commission that they were promised or something like that. So given that there are things that are there are like this are I mean late payments is it's a very big thing, you know. It's a thing that will that is getting them investigated for, for by Tafet. So like why was it not addressed in the interview? And, and Xia should say like, oh I'm gonna ask her tough questions. I, I don't understand why she didn't ask her about late payments. The answers were also not super satisfactory because the and like I also feel like Sasha didn't follow up a lot of her questioning. Of course, you know, maybe Sasha had a, a different idea of how she wanted the uh, interview to go so it will be different from you know like how other news sites would do it of course but to me a lot of the answers were not very satisfactory like um just off the top of my head an example is because Sylvia has been accused of being coming late to shoots like two hours late to shoots because I think Xiaxue asked do you think you're a hypocrite because you're very hard on your employees but then you also arrive late to your own shoots and Sylvia said like, oh, I definitely had a problem with um, punctuality at the start of my career. And I had to learn, you know, the hard way, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I'm no longer late for shoots. And then they just move on from that question. And I was like, I'm sorry, is that it? Because, I mean, in the Zoom call in which Ryan confronts Sylvia about being late for shoots, that Zoom call apparently took place in August 2020. August 2020 is like maybe eight years after after like NOC has started. So are you trying to like, I'm sorry, was she late for eight years before she decided to get better at it? Because that's important. Like what do you mean by at the start of your career? Or that's so vague. What do you mean by at the start of your career? The first three months, the first year? Or is it as Ryan seemingly suggests in the Zoom call for what, eight, nine years of your career, you were late to shoots. And then you only got better after... I guess, in the last year or so, or whatever, you know, that that is important because NOC has been a big production company in Singapore for a long time. And if people were working under the conditions in which the co-founder was consistently late for things as important and as vital to their survival as shooting, then I think people have a right to know, right? 
I also feel that the Xiaxue interview was very heavily focused on Ryan and Sylvia's marriage, which is a personal thing. And that has really diverted attention away from the issue at hand, which is a professional thing, right? We, what, how did this all start? It started from Glassdoor Reviews, which is a site where employees go to leave reviews about the workplace, right? So the allegations were very specifically about the fact that Sylvia fostered an unhealthy working environment in Night Hour Cinematics. And that Night Hour Cinematics is very badly managed and very badly run or um, is not very good at uh, communicating with his employees and so on and so forth. So what we are talking about is workplace abuse. But the interview spends, I don't know, I think at least an hour on Ryan and Sylvia's marriage. There was even a question in which Xiaxue was like, okay, I'm going to ask this, how was the sex life? And I was like, why do I need to know that? How is that relevant to the fact that um, Sylvia might have been a really, really bad boss? Like, I don't understand why there was a need to put attention on their sex life and their personal marriage. Um, the, the very, very, the very like personal details of their marriage. Because Sylvia goes into things like uh, Ryan cheating on her at the start of their marriage, which is not related to whether um, NOC has an unhealthy working environment. Like, I would have wanted the focus to be much more on um, the workplace abuse allegations, actually. And it also didn't address the fact that apparently Sylvia like told all her employees to keep quiet and not talk to the media after the expose started happening. So it didn't address that the, the fact that she tried to silence her employees, right? As those employees have alleged in interviews and the blog posts and so on. So it really feels like the the the, the conversation sort of went to a weird point. And, and this is the point, right? Um, I really wish Xiaxue would have put a content warning on the video because so much of the video was about their marriage and about Ryan's uh, mental health issues. Because um, when asked why uh, Sylvia behaved uh, like very harshly sometimes at work and so on, Sylvia gave a very, very long, very, very winding answer that essentially amounted to Ryan has a history of mental health troubles. Ryan has a history of suicidal ideation. Ryan has a history of attempting suicides. And this has made Sylvia very anxious and very eager to protect him, makes her very scared. And she says that so, uh, Ryan has a problem with being disliked by people. Like He cannot handle uh, people not liking him. He cannot handle being the bad cop, so to speak. So Sylvia has had to take up that mentor and be the bad cop. And Sylvia has had to scold people or Sylvia has had to protect him in very uh, like harsh ways. And that's why she can sometimes be very mean to employees. Which, okay, like not dismissing how difficult it must be for somebody to A, suffer mental health issues and for somebody to take care of someone and be an intimate partner to someone who has mental health issues, not taking away any of that. But Ryan's mental state is not an excuse for treating your employees really badly. It's not even really a very good explanation for treating your employees very badly. Like, I understand that you guys had a marriage that was tied in with your job, which don't start a business with your husband is maybe the only lesson we should take away here. But again, like I understand that your marriage was very much a part of your public persona, but it's not a satisfactory explanation for treating your employees really badly. And then we go on to the cheating allegations, which is Sylvia saying that Ryan cheated on her, 
at the start of their marriage and that made her very insecure and she feels like he was very, very close to the NOC girls and she tried to get him to, you know, not uh, to to validate her feelings la, about uh, of insecurity when, she, when he goes out with these girls, when he hangs out with them, goes on trips with them, sends them home and so on. And she like provided you know, screenshots of like um, WhatsApp conversations she had with Ryan where you can tell she's very upset about him uh, being close to some of the NOC talents. And uh, yeah, that's basically what she's trying to say, right? That Ryan was not very considerate of her feelings during the marriage, which again, doesn't address the workplace abuse stuff at all. Just, oh, what? Uh, yeah, you know, it just doesn't address it. And also, yeah, maybe Ryan is a really, really bad husband. How does that excuse you being a really bad boss? Maybe it helps explain a little bit why you were in a bad mental state when you were leading the company. But it still doesn't absolve you of any responsibility, you know. And you still need to take accountability for your actions. And uh, she eventually did, right, in an Instagram post that is the latest Instagram post on her account. But that came very late, I feel. Now the to the Ryan of it, because I think it's very hard to talk about the Sylvia Chan issue without talking about Ryan at all. And, you know, let's firstly acknowledge that I think if Ryan has mental health issues, I don't think this whole saga right now is healthy for him. And I hope he gets the help he needs. Um, but, okay, I would just say that I think he was very clearly enjoying all the comments about him being the person who shields his employees from harm. Because after all the allegations about Sylvia came out, uh, especially in the Zoom call, because the Zoom call was very obviously like Ryan would argue for employees to have better working conditions and Sylvia dismissing him or whatever. Um, and then there were a lot of memes that came up about how Ryan is like, is like, oh, let's appreciate Ryan. Ryan Appreciation Day. Ryan's the best. You know, Ryan's a good boss. Ryan's just doing his best for his employees. And, you know, he really tried. And Sylvia is unreasonable and uh you know Sylvia's mean and Sylvia is this like boss who doesn't care about her employees blah 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 and so on and so forth when ST sent a request for statement from Ryan the first statement he gave was that um he will not be commenting any further because he sort of like resigned he tried to resign from the company and uh, he's no longer involved in the day-to-day -day operations blah 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 um but he was very actively on social media reposting all the very very flattering Instagram posts about him so to me, right, I was a bit uncomfortable with it because I felt like, yeah, you say you're not commenting, but at the same time, you keep reposting stories that is very, very flattering of your side. And it's very like, you're very clearly supporting a certain narrative. You are very clearly helping to shape the narrative by reposting the stories because it shows which side you are on, sort of, right, as Ryan Tan, the person. So whether you give a public comment or not, right? At that point, it doesn't really seem relevant because from your Instagram account, you can, it's very clear that Ryan seemingly supports the employees that have come out to speak up against Sylvia. And then he's made his stance clear, right? So I'm also not comfortable with like the overwhelming support for him because you can tell even from the Zoom call itself, it the Zoom call apparently was two to three hours long and it was edited down to to very specific parts that were all unflattering for Sylvia. So, I mean, when something is very, very uh, one-sided, right, you have to be careful uh, engaging when you're engaging with the narrative. Of course, Ryan looks very good coming out of it. 
but you have to be I feel like as audiences we have to be a little bit smarter you know we have to be like oh yeah okay but this is a expose against Sophia Chan so Ryan coming out of it looking good is to be expected and we should we hold our judgment until more information comes out and since then I guess more information has come out in which Ryan also apparently sometimes says mean things Ryan also uh, apparently cheated on Sylvia, so on and so forth. Again, like, nobody is a saint and we shouldn't expect anybody to be a saint. We shouldn't, definitely should not expect social media influencers to be saints. Um, but I think at the very least, we can expect that um, workplaces are healthy and safe for people. And that's why I feel uncomfortable with the direction that this saga has taken because it has become very, very personal. It has become a lot of mudslinging. It has become two people litigating the fallout of their marriage in public. And that's just like, why? Like, why should we be privy to, why do we need to be privy to the end of this marriage? You know, I think it's very ugly, right? When people used to be in love and then they fall out in such a messy way and it's just not comfortable to watch at all. So if anybody won from this saga, it really is Xiaxue because Xiaxue got a lot of uh, views out of this and it's also Pretty Please because Pretty Please, who got caught a rhino in um, the WhatsApp conversations that allegedly are from Sylvia, used the term rhino as a discount code on her merch store and apparently she sold a lot of merch and she addressed this whole thing in, like, I think, like a pretty cool way and, you know, kudos to her for taking all of this uh, and letting all of it like slide off her back and being like, guys, this was this is really bad. And I feel bad for her because apparently the people who leaked the chats did not give her a heads up that something so mean about her would be said and would be revealed to the public and she had to find out the same time as the public. And you know what? Nobody deserves that. So yeah, I think in some ways she did the best she can with the situation. And I respect her for it. If there's one thing to take away from this entire saga, guys, it is this which is don't marry the wrong person. All right, with that, I leave you today. Um, you can email me at jenly at sph.com.sg or you can write into podcast at sph.com.sg or you can slide into my DMs at writes on Instagram if you have any more ideas on what we should talk about and if you want to talk a little bit more about the NOC saga. But I really hope you don't because I really feel like I have talked everything out and I just have no energy to talk about it anymore. <laughs> But um, anyway, slide in my DMs if you want to, you know. I'm always happy to interact with fans. Alright, now thank you for listening so much. And this is Jen Lee and I am a pop voucher. Bye-bye. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.